0: Welcome to the tenth episode of the Hashishin. I'm thrilled to be here with the one and only Big Dog, A.K.A. Trike Tyson, A.K.A. Turpy Balboa, Brandon from Third Gen Family Farms. Welcome, bro.
1: How you doing, my man? Good I'm to see you, man.
0: Nice to meet you. Yeah, likewise. I again, I, I tell all the hash makers, I know they're busy, but man, uh, I don't know if there's a busier guy than you. So,
1: nah, man.
0: You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm thankful for your time. I, I really appreciate it. Now, Third Gen Family Farms is based out of Mendocino, California. And it's not only Third Gen Family Farms that you have going on, but you have Moonshine Melts, you have Dying Breed Seeds. Is there any other projects that people don't know about that you're working on? We're
1: bringing back what we call the original hash brand, Boo Boo's Bubble. (laughs) And, you know, we have a, a new line that we're working on, Sugar Sap. Which is basically bringing back the rosin in the form that we love. You know, the sauce, the, the solventless the sauce is cool and everything, and the diamonds are cool and everything, but it's more the ooh and the ah factor. Right. You know, and so we're bringing it back to the way it was, man. When you press it and press fresh off the uh, press and, and, and you cool it down, you have this beautiful, clear, sometimes opaque it it turns into you know a marbling that's what we want to see we don't want to see it already pre-separated it oxidizes too fast in our opinion the terps are lost in a lot of it and it's kind of harder to store when it's more of a slabbed out and preserved cold like that okay and you can get it fresh like that right almost farm fresh we'll say
0: that's ultimately the purest form okay yeah and so this kind of bringing back of that is going to be exclusively through boo-boos or will third gen also be doing
1: yeah the sugar sap brand we're going to be running it moonshine melts as well it's just you know with the whole weird you know legal state right now branding is becoming even more and more prevalent so whereas to having one hash brand and taking up a certain amount of shelf space or having a couple more hash brands that we've already developed anyway right and taking up a little bit more shelf space because there's only a couple brands out there on the shelf, and you know I'm not going to sit here and name names. Some of them are my friends, and some of them I don't even know. But a lot of the product is old, stale, not stored properly, and stuff like that. So we're actually putting in our own, you know, coolie units when we're going to do our our deliveries, and you know, make sure that it's going to go and stay fresh, you know, nice. when it gets to where it's going. As well as the Terpy Van Winkle, I was spoke to you earlier about. Uh, yeah. The pre-ordering of the Moonshine Melts, the most awarded hash company in the world, BHO or not. You know, we're, we're going to look forward to offering the people, first off in California, opportunity to be able to grab some of our fire products. You know, our melts and stuff, because it's very, people wonder why you can't get it. Right. First off, people are like, "Oh yeah, we see pictures, but we we can't get it." So, Pappy Van Winkle is a type of whiskey, and you can go online and you can put in your information, and on their website, and you can be put in the mail order and and be put in a list of long line list of people that want to get the product. And when okay. it becomes available and the bottles drop, you're to be notified, and you get your chance to buy your uh, allotment of those bottles. Okay. And so we're kind of taking that same kind of concept to the hash world and we're going to terpy van winkle them, you know, and, and be able to give the people the flavors that they want while still being, you know, exclusive, you know? And and so they feel like, wow, you know, I actually got a chance to get this stuff. This stuff is really fire. This is the only place to get it. You can't get it at one of these, you know, liquor store type dispensaries, you know, or clubs. You got to get in line to get the real deal. And that's because a lot I don't know if you noticed it's kind of a race to the bottom right now and a lot of these companies are dropping prices and everything and with solventless game it doesn't really make sense and right. so they're running a lot of generic strains in these grows and you're, everybody's everybody that's being exposed to the new cannabis scene because now it's 21 and over you have a whole bunch of people that don't know as much about cannabis as the people that come into the dispensary before this people that came in before they had to pay money, go to the doctor. They were there for a reason, whether they were sick or whatever the reason was, and they knew more about the product. The okay. people that are coming in now don't really know about the product, don't care about the product, or, you know, they care, whatever.
0: They want the cheapest thing, you know, so. So you do feel like the wreck market definitely has affected like yeah. the type of customer or like type customer, of customers and also the knowledge that they bring you know yeah
1: the knowledge that you know the the stores really have a tough task on educating these people it's up to the dispensaries to tell the people whether the product that they're vaping or whether it's coming from some vape company that's making distillates or whatever and they're they're polishing a turd and they actually are taking poisonous material or moldy material or rock material or all the bio ass i call it Right. And, you know, cleaning it up and putting it in a pen and giving it, you know, because that's mostly what the majority is right now is buying. And because and the bottom lines drop so hard on the bio ass and you can just make whatever terpy, whatever they call it, it all tastes the same anyway. But, you know, they call it different flavors and you know what I mean? And yeah. they just put it in the pens
0: and. And then again we, something we talked about earlier in regards to that is like the price point. So the price exactly. And so it's
1: hard to com- compete with that. People want the ease of the smoking, the bioass. They want the the cheapness of it. They want So when you come at them with a $100 gram of solventless whole plant extract that's made with only ice and water, it's hard and without the the person behind the counter explaining that to thousands of people over and over and over again. It's hard to get that propaganda out there to beat out the $15 gram of bioass that's on the shelf. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it, you know you're like, "Hey, here's the $20 gram of bioass or the $100 gram of whole plant fresh frozen extract that actually tastes really good and it's going to get you really high and right. you're going to feel better about yourself. It's organic, it's clean. You know what I mean? Not like, this company doesn't have a machine that's a remediation machine that takes out the poison. There was never no poison to begin with. Right. You know what I mean? And It was grown on a micro farm um, by, you know, these two or three people that manage these plants every day. Yeah. And you know They they actually are growing and breeding For hash and you know or Maybe not maybe they're just growing and doing their thing But you know what I mean like it's There's got to be the fine line between Craft cannabis and corporate Craft because And we have to be there to define it you know Like what is that fine line because right now It's really blurred because you have craft Being blurred with corporate craft Corporate is calling their shit craft and it's not Craft
0: we all know You know so It's just kind of a weird thing. And and earlier you actually were talking about craft cannabis and a few of the things that I think you read an article recently that kind of defines some points. Yeah. That you agree with. What are some of those points that defines what craft cannabis is? And then, you know, I guess five to
1: 10,000 square feet of canopy, you know, maybe a little more, whatever, but not humongous loads. Right. Owning, you know, like 70 percent or more of your company growing strains and growing things that are not following or sucking farts from somebody else's trail but actually growing things that are you know out of the ordinary growing things that you want to grow because you like to grow them and because other people like them and they're different not you know it's so easy and it produces so big that it's oh 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 wow you know what i mean no or you know what i mean yeah you're beating your own drum you're being a pioneer in your own right. You're, you are craft. You're producing something that's different. You're not just another, you know, lager. Yeah, and one of the <laughs> points I
0: think that you brought up was like, and, you know, it's, it's about all this is like, a lot of it is about being craft is like the love that you have for what you're doing. I have a lot right? of love
1: for that, man. You, you know, know, it's yeah. not about the money at all. You know, it's about preserving the culture, keeping it real. You know, at the end of the day, we have to feed our families, right? But that doesn't have to come to the cost of like some corporate conglomeration and buying some other dude a fourth house. You know, it's you know, it, it's different. You know, like you know, the guy that has a normal family and he's getting his boy to his practice. You know what I mean? Or you know, the the singing lessons. Or the, I seen this meme the other day. It was perfect. You know, it was like, are you gonna support? this guy or this guy here, you know, and, and right. a lot of that is, that's craft or corporate craft. It, there really is no corporate craft. It's just people are being so bamboozled that, you know, there there's, you know, they're showing you, oh, dude, we really have love for this. Look, we are the love brand. We're, this is wood grain and, and beautiful butterflies over here, man. You know what I mean? And it's not really that. It's really fugazi. It's sad, you know what I mean? And... Do you
0: feel like it's a lot like, of people kind of buy into that?
1: When I started making hash, it was about fifteen dollars a gram, and then we got it up to twenty. And we were doing f- full plant, fresh, frozen, like wet bud, washing it, and you know we couldn't get, and it was like thirty, and so we got it up to where it was like when we washed it, we started getting smart. We were like, okay, well, we need to at least get this much because you know this is about the equivalent to dry weight, and we get this much per pound, and so we'd got that, and we'd rounded it out around. 40 to 50 bucks you know so the 50 bucks whether some people charge 60 bucks you know and what year was this like relatively um when we started getting 50 bucks a gram was around 2013 okay yeah 2013 so
0: 2013 it was 2014 2014 yeah 2013 2014 for sure and what do you see uh kind of happening with the market now in regards to that like
1: Well, everybody's trying to race for the bottom, you know, and hash isn't one of those products that you just race to the bottom. It's not a row crop um, Salinas Valley grown product that you produce with synthetic salt fertilizers on, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not that, you know, you really have to have love for the, for the plant. We breed for the hash, we grow for the hash and we make the hash, right? Right. And so it's really a dedication point all the way down. You have to have love for that, man. You know, like, it, if it was so easy as to row crop and just chop it down and with the, all the filth and everything out there. Like, in my mind, when I think of vape pens, I think of a big guy <laughs> like this Sticking his hands out Like a combine tractor and his mouth open Raking the field Like corn And just like Rabbits and rats And dirt clods And everything Going in this dude's mouth Rah You know what I mean And he's just Blowing Oil out his ass Dude That's what I'm thinking Of these vape pens <laughs> You know what I mean Like And it's the truth So it's like You can compete with that Or you can compete With Fresh Frozen And it's just It's a different thing You know like yeah hash fresh frozen hash hash in general is to the level that everybody sees and wants and you know what i mean it's it's hard to attain with the bio aztec
0: you know yeah i mean i i agree and do you think like education is one of the biggest things that will play into changing that or
1: big time two to three years and people are going to be leaning back the other way and and they're going to be pop Corn long and all this crazy shit's going to start kicking off and health problems of a vape pen and all this crap, you know? Dude, where are all these vape pens made? What materials are they made from? Who's making them? Oh, come on. You know what I mean? So, at the end of the day, we have, there's too many variables with this product for me to even care to even love, dude. You right. know, like they're stripping it down, taking away the terps. You can grow whatever you want and just put it in the pen And people don't know this. It's crazy to me. And it's the hottest selling shit. Yeah, I mean, I could see that, you know. (laughs) It's wild. I don't know. But, like, so, yeah, the bottom line is, you know, hash is going to still reign supreme. But it's just going to
0: take a couple years to educate the people to get them on the level. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, speaking of hash, you brought out some hash. Uh, The blue muffins is what we've been trying. Yeah and man uh, I just gotta say it was pretty incredible I mean like the smell and then the taste like I told you it's not typical for a lot of hashes like to leave like a really lingering kind of flavor profile in the nostril and and, you know it's just uh, it was really nice so I appreciate that thank you man and then you also have some of the Gak with you the new fruit yeah, right? <laughs> that, that was, again, uh, we haven't tried it or anything, but just the smell off it is is just ridiculous, man. Yeah. So, you know, that's one of the things that I've found kind of interesting about you, and I was kind of saying that to you earlier, is that you have kind of a knack for being able to tell, like, what a trend is going to be, or maybe more of, like, being a trendsetter. And I've seen you call stuff out years before I was telling you, I think last year was the year of the melon, right? And then, yep. uh, what are some of the other flavors that Year of the
1: rose, Year of the skittle, you know? We've been hitting them over the head. We, we did the peach, you know, ultimately, what it all boils down to is not, I don't think, being a trendsetter, man, you know, I, I appreciate that, yeah, you know what I, no, mean? I mean? But, and, yeah, you know, maybe in a sense, I, you know, right? We all are in a sense, right? You know, but. I think that when you are a grower, and you actually know weed, and you know cannabis, and when I was 18 years old, I was first thrown into this on a 25-acre field, and there's like over 200 different varieties of cannabis. So from the very beginning, I've been exposed to a lot of different varieties. And I love weed, and I like to tell the difference. And when you come across something that is undeniably and unexplainably different than Anything else, you call it a sport. That's what I call it, a sport. It's an elite, okay. okay? It's a holy grail. There's, you know, there's Skittles, it's undeniably and unexplainably different than anything else. Rose, dragon fruit, you can go OG Kush, sour diesel, cookies. These are all strains that go down in like holy grails, right, right. and when I look at varieties and you're looking at different stuff and you, okay, look at what I found. Well, what makes that special? You know, yeah, I have a trait also that tells what plants make hash and what plants don't. Before you even chop it down, I can tell you that this plant is gonna make fresh frozen. Okay. Or this plant will not. Okay? Because I have an understanding of the resin. And I understand there's two types of resin and all that. But so that's one, you know, one skill, I guess, you know. But the other skill. What are those two types of resins? Pine tar and, you know, like a lotion it's basically tree sap and wet okay so tree sap is tacky and the other resin's wet like lotion okay no tacky so there's a couple people that i've shared this information with you know and they know who they are you know what i mean there's a there's a couple more tricks to it but basically i can walk a field and i can tell you about 99 percent of the time that the plant is going to make hash or not right and I can usually tell you if it's going to make a lot or a little too, but I'm not, that's not 99.9.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a tough skill know? to have in general, so, yeah. you know.
1: But the, uh, the better skill is, is that once you can find out, if you walk a field of a hundred different varieties and different strains and shit, right? Different strains, if you, if you walk in a field and you're like, okay, that smells like that, that smells like that, that smells like that, these are all the same. Well, how many do people have that are different? And that's where we come in is, you know, we've been breeding and we've been working with hash and making hash specific, you know, terp strain, terpy strains specifically for hash. So that's kind of like a benefit. I can tell you, yeah, dude, these make hash and it has this terp. This is rare in cannabis. Like, for instance, we have this lemon bean, which is a three, six, five lemon tree okay. across to our OG. Right. And the offspring is lemon terp. But it puts off a six, six and a half percent um, fresh frozen hash yield, which is really high. Right. Okay. And so and that terpene that you get from lemonade or lemon tree and all those varieties that people like do not make hash. You do not see lemonade, rosin, lemon tree, rosin. You don't see that or hash. Right. And so for you to get that terpene profile with a high yielding hash plant. And the nugs are good. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm breeding for, is turning, I love turning things that don't make hash into things that make hash. Okay. For instance, Rosé won the Emerald Cup, second place, got Breeders Award, everything, beat out like 600 people for it um, in the flower category, doesn't make hash. We cross it, we make our offspring, the offspring makes 50% hash. Like the, the half, yeah. the, half the lineage, half the offspring are going to be 50% of them are going to be spitters.
0: Yeah, that's so. pretty amazing. I mean, so obviously you have a lot of experience uh, and almost like, is it, would you call it like an intuition that goes into breeding as well? I love making hash. So the
1: breeding is for hash, you right. know, and hashy strains and terps and different things. You know, when I'm making something and releasing something, it's like, you know, cherry pie, for instance, uh, bean cherries and stuff like that. They do not make hash. So when you get that cherry terp, like, you know, cherry chew or cherry fizz and things like that, we've done, you actually get those terps with the hash. That's like one of my favorite things, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're looking at things for hash. and is a different perspective as you're just looking for flour. You're narrow-minded in a sense. You're looking at one thing. Right. When if you, hell, you might be able to chop it down for hash too or flour. It's good both ways. But, you right. know, if you're looking at just that one, then... Yeah, and then you know, I guess farming. the way the way things correlate in the smoke too. When you smoke things, does it carry over? Does it still taste how it smelt? Is it not? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that's a, those are big keys because when you smell things fresh on the plant, sometimes when you dry the plant and you smoke the plant or you hash the plant, and you smoke the hash. It doesn't carry over the way that you had intended it in the beginning anyway. Right. You're like, whoa, I really wanted it like to be like this. You know what I mean? Oh, right. you know, it's not that, you know what I mean? But, you know, it's just, that's where we're at, you know?
0: Yeah. What were some of the early genetics that you, I guess, started going with?
1: Some of the early genetics that I, that I, you want to hear what I really, like, yeah. what, what I started, uh, what I made a lot from? Yeah. We used to grow this stuff called the 81, the 818 Okay, and it was basically like the San Fernando Valley 818, right? The Blackberry Kush, which came from Oregon Kid. Okay, and so I really enjoyed growing Blackberry Kush, you know what I mean? And we grew a Grape Ape that was purple as well. Okay, and we really enjoyed growing the Grape Ape. And there was like basically the Shishka Berry, there was a strain called Banano back in the day. Okay, the Banano. And banana was like nothing like the banana we know or anything like that. It was almost like a pineapple banana or something like that with like yeah. a real thick red hair. It was um, almost tropical or real tropical yellow nug with like this thick orange red hair. It was really uh really cool. But yeah, th- those were some some of the ones. Obviously, the the early ones we grew a. Uh, you know well everybody had a g13 or an airborne g13 but we grew a g13 that was really fucking fire way back we had a hindu there was uh let's see what else did we grow we grew a hindu we grew bubba those are you know like those are the ones that i
0: remember really liking early on and were those did those kind of become building blocks for the work that you do now or not really
1: um a lot of those are like holy grails that got lost in the tracks, you know, like some of the, some of those we still have, like I still have Blackberry, we still have a Bubba, you know, um, yeah. we still have the grape, you know, it, it, some of them we'll never leave, you know, and, and what's what's funny with the old ones is that they, they get thinned out, and then the people that hold on to shit the longest... Yeah. We'll just bring it back out and go like, hey, man, check this out. Remember this stuff? You know what I mean? Right. Like, and some of the old stuff tends to play cool back again. You know, like play it. They run it back. You yeah. Know?
0: Yeah. No, it's so. like almost with anything, right? Like stuff comes back into rotation and popularity. Dude, I'm telling you. It's you know? uh, that's why like the solventless sauce in my
1: mind is going out. The, the sauce in general, dude. It's like oxidizes what in my and this I just dawned on me like just this last couple weeks. I'm like, why is it cool? not cool like this? And then now that everybody wants it separated so it can oxidize and the Terps, you know, so volatile they just go off anyway. Right. And it becomes flat and stale. So it's like this has an even shorter shelf life. It goes bad way quicker. It's like, dude, what is this? This is not, you know, If and this is the realistic part of it. I was like, if people want this. They can buy the product and fucking do that themselves. And they'll have fun doing it. Right. Why the fuck do we need to do that? (laughs) Give it to them where it's going to stay better for them longer. And then they can do that, you know, if they want to do that. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I've seen people post, like, stuff about, you know, different consistencies. But it's, like, from the consumers point of view and they're like yeah just leave it in this consistency so i can do what i want yeah. with it when i want
1: when i want yeah you know, so that's an interesting And that's kind of where i was at i was like exactly people don't want the hash already greased down like this they want the hash in the beach sand form so they can grease it down so they can look at the hash oh that's why i don't get it like why wouldn't you want it how we see it right there why do you want me to put it in a fucking thing and then cook it for a month or two or whatever you know what i mean like right. that's ridiculous That's ridiculous.
0: What were some of your, I guess, earliest experience with the
1: hash? I made BHO in 2004 out of a PVC tube on a three-acre farm. (laughs) Was that just something? And, And we made hash down the road from there with, like, this tripod crank set up with a drill and a... These clips and bags, you know, like old
0: Bubble Man bags. Yeah, you were telling me about that, and I, I mean, still
1: have the old bags too, with the old like pouches. They don't even sell the bubble bag sets in those like uh, bags that I originally got. You know, it's like they this, were, like the original. The original. It's like got this diamond woven like thick like flap on the top too. It doesn't have the cinch top or nothing like that. Right. It's like yeah, it was really
0: like Almost canvasy. Like yeah,
1: yeah, that's funny. really tight.
0: Yeah, you were telling me about that. That was that was pretty funny. You're kind of like we're running uh, multiple kind of PVC pipes into a modified trash can and it had like a, almost like a plastic wrapping inside of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's funny. At that point, what were some, so, you know, one is what kind of stuff were you washing? And then B, you brought up earlier a good point in, in that at first it was all about the trim, right? It was all about making something out of nothing. It wasn't, standard We're not like
1: I remember Tim Blake Tim Blake from Area 101 Used to have this sign On the highway And I'll never forget it It said Turn your mold Into gold And and, You know what I mean And it was real though Because people Fucking would have Shitted ass crops And You know It was like Hey you know Um it was, it was a way to turn your crap into cash, you know, or your smalls into cash or your thing. So I never did that. Like I, I always just ran my smalls and my trim. Right. But I remember seeing like that yeah, sign. Yeah, that was, it was like the mentality. Yeah, it was. It was like everybody was just using shit, you know what I mean? And it wasn't until, because this is the deal. Once we started running whole plant fresh frozen, it was like, okay, this is cute. This is cool. But like, who's going to pay me for this? You know what I mean? Because if $20, $15 a gram isn't cutting the mustard over here. Right. You know what I mean? You need, we need, so we had, it took a while to figure out that we needed this level up here. And this is before the rosin press and all this shit, you know, it was just, everybody was still separating it down into microns. Right. You know, and
0: that was the way that everybody sold it. So. Yeah. And I've heard you talk about, you know, you feel that, uh, water hash is the, I guess mostly elite concentrate In the world It yeah. is It is
1: I've proven that You know what I mean I've proven that There's actually Two years in a row We went to this competition And it's a BHO based competition It was called the Secret Cup They no longer have it anymore It was when The badasses wouldn't compete You know what I mean And it kind of fizzled out But It was Started off basically It was an Everybody Could enter But then It was a You know, you judge yourself, you know, so the competitors got to judge, right? Okay. So you got everybody that entered judge, kind of like the Ego Clash, right? right? And so everybody that entered judges, but it was mostly BHO people, and so it became a BHO competition. Well, it wasn't until I entered in 2013 and ran Fresh Frozen Material, Steep Hill Labs got up there, Addison DeMora, and said, well, the highest terpene award, uh, this is kind of weird, goes to Boo Boo's Bubble, for their full melt. We're
0: just you know I mean? People not expecting that. Huh?
1: They were not expecting the full melt to whoop their ass down in Terps. Okay. And so, and we got best bubble and we got highest turps. And so they were, everybody was like, what the fuck? Well, the dude that won first place in BHO, in the overall first, second, third categories. Yeah. It was Sin City. They won with their Tangy. They run a dry trim pound or dry trimmed pound. It was a dry pound. Good pound of weed. Okay. And that's what everybody was running back then It was like, yo, we're just running Nug Run right? Nug Run, it was no like Live resin or nothing like that right. I guess, I don't know who created that Term, but they sure the fuck weren't doing it When we were doing it, you know what I mean? Right. But, um, you know We ran that shit, they said highest terps. We were like, boom, from then on We went to basically every Competition and we won From, you know, we won That, that following year We'd been making a mark for the six, eight months leading up to the following year. We'd entered, we got third place with our hash in the overall category this time okay. at the Secret Cup. So we went from highest terps to placing first, second, we got third. So we qualified to go to the finals. When we went to the finals, I went to the finals and entered, right? Yeah. We got first place, okay? And so we beat everybody there. It was only me and farmer Joe Parker, the only ones that entered solventless. Okay. Farmer Joe Parker entered, I think it was Rosin from his hair straightener. Yeah. And I entered Water Hash and beat his ass. You know what I mean? And the reason, and how I knew it was when they called it, I was getting bubbled. I was like, dude, there ain't no way Solventless is winning this shit, right? I knew it was like a BHO competition. Right. Well, when everybody called it, they called, he got third place. They didn't give him the best bubble award, the best non solvent. They called second place. And I'm like looking around like, man, they didn't call the best non-solvent. Well, I'm the only other one left. So right there, I'm like, oh, man. I'm like getting itchy. And sure enough, they call my name, big dog. You know what I mean? And boom, I jumped up there. But we went back the following year again to defend the title. And we won first and third. So they ended the competition that year. Peach and Skittles. Peach rings and Skittles. And that was the end of it? That was the end of the competition. We got the belt on the shelf at home now. Nice. Yeah. So, in my mind, BHO is obsolete, you know what I mean? There's no need for that right there. You can just, you know, get get your kicks over here, you know what I mean, with right. the rosin and the hash, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, um, again, like I've said on these interviews before, I don't necessarily have anything against BHO, but over the long term, people still have no idea uh, what even, like, micro concentration of hydrocarbons can do, you know, Yeah. Um, over, over time, and so... Speaking about competitions, I mean, you know, you talked about earlier the awards and, you know, I'm curious, have you always been a competitive guy? Yeah, always. I grew, up in, like-
1: I grew up in the racetrack with my dad racing. I grew up jumping the racetrack BMX racing just so I can ride it on the off days. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm a competitor at heart. I like to win. I like to compete. I don't like to really lose, but it's a part of it. You know what I mean? Right. And it is part of it that you have to learn to deal with. You don't walk away from all of them winning. Right. You know what I mean? I've walked away from some hard losses, you know, and they suck, you know, but you dust yourself off and you keep going. And life is a big competition in a sense, you know, how many times you have to dust yourself off and just keep pushing. Right. I tell my boy almost daily, that he's number one. You know what I mean? Who are you? Who are we? We're number one. You know what I mean? Because I want him to be in that in life too, you know? Yeah. Because when you go to school, what are you doing? You're going to be there with however many other kids, in a classroom with however many other kids. You're fighting for your position on the pole no matter where you are in life. That's just the way it is. And anybody that's denying that or doesn't realize that, it's just a denial or... Or just bullshitting themselves, lying to themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, life is a big competition, you know?
0: Yeah. In a sense, you know? No, I mean, I agree. I think you definitely, there's not many people out there that are not looking out only for themselves, unfortunately, you know? And so, yeah, you always got to have your best interests at heart. Yeah. For sure. Uh,
1: And that's hard for me, though. Is to have your best interests at heart Being a competitive person Yeah And true. then being a selfish person Is two different things Right You know what I mean Because I'm a very giving person Into the last of everything I got And I'm very helpful with my knowledge And I'm, I'm You know I try to be a good Good dude all the time You know what I mean But that doesn't mean I cannot be competitive I don't have to be competitive Right You know what I mean Right Competitive is a different thing You know So Yeah I am competitive <laughs> <laughs> And
0: um, You know When I talk to Cuban he, he is a competitive person too. Yeah. Yeah, and he brought you up in that sense, you know. He actually uh one of the way I end these things now is asking hash makers who they'd like to see on. You know, and so when I brought that up to him, he's like, "You know, I like to see third gen cuz he just has so much uh kind of history in the game, you know, you're part of kind of this Mendocino culture which, you know, I talked to a lot of hash makers in California and most of them are not from california and definitely not from you know up, up here in northern california and so you know you bring kind of a different i think outlook to things coming from an area where cannabis has been almost so like fundamental to the culture for such a long time yeah man thank you brother yeah cuban's a good dude man he's a
1: family dude too him and his lady i got mad love and respect for that dude is a real competitor and a champion you know what i mean i feel glad to or proud to say that i whooped his ass one time (laughs) maybe none of the others but i got him once you know what i mean hey so no he he's uh he's a real gentleman and he's a real dude too you know so yeah i appreciate that big dog i know you're listening
0: But he talked about, you know, how both of you are, like, willing to go the extra mile and win. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. And so yeah. can you
0: talk to me a little bit about what it takes <laughs> to go the extra mile? <laughs> All
1: right. One year, I pumped. Uh, we'll start this off here. One year. Shit, I don't know how to start this, man. Uh, However you want, it man. It was about three years ago. Uh, fucking f- me and three buddies of mine, good friends of mine. I'll throw their names out there. Randingo. Oh, Samzilla and Zekarilla, old big dog Zek. And we t- I took these dudes up to this mountain surrounded in national forest. It was a square mile property, two mountain, three mountain tops, two rivers. We scalped these two tops of these mountains off. We put two acres of grow. I had these dudes fucking, these dudes fucking savagely lived in the mountains for fucking five months changing campsites every two days, you know, so they wouldn't be detected with their dogs and sleeping in their cars and tents, and we'd fucking, we'd go up there and we grew these things. You know, we'd we'd brought $100,000 of fucking vital dirt up there, 400, 200 gallon pots. We blew the shit off this thing. And at the end of the year, we went to wash it. We ran hash for 21 days straight in the rain and hail, and we made our hash under PVC tunnels, and I hauled up about 850 pounds of ice every single day for the 21 days. And we pucked it all up because I had only so much freezer space running off these generators that I had to wash the hash, puck it up, and and, and we had to keep the freezers moving and freezing it and then washing it and then pucking it up because it would take less space. So we'd wash for 21 days straight. Zek did. The dude's an animal. Yeah, that's um, wild, man. And we pumped muddy river water 1,200 feet up the mountain because it was raining, so there was sediment flowing down that river. We fucking threw that pump in there, pumped that water up the mountain through one of those single filtration little water filters, and we washed hash and brought up ice for those 21 days. So it was at 4,100 feet elevation, it was these mountaintops. I don't know if anybody's ever grown that high or can attest. But your plants go through some pretty crazy things at 4,100 feet, it's pretty cold. You know, when the sun goes down, all of a sudden it's that cold. Right. You know, sun comes up, it's right on your face. You feel it, you know? And uh, those dudes savagely made it happen, man. I always think about the dream team that year. And, uh, you know, we washed those two acres down in the 21 days, we froze the rest of it, and walked out of there, we went to the Emerald Cup and. One first through tenth place
0: <laughs> uh yeah that's crazy man I mean that you won first through tenth is crazy but what you had to do to win first through tenth is crazy. crazy yeah
1: people don't know man
0: you know and that
1: goes to like maybe that garden those gardens were very big and those aren't craft you know what I mean you know when you're growing that much it's very hard to maintain that much especially with four guys you know we harvested it with nine people in the 21 days which is a very good feat too. But, you know, doing it now, we don't need to grow that much. It's 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 awesome to not have to do that much. It's awesome to, you know, scale it back a little bit. You know, you're going to get better product. It's going to be
0: funner. Right. You know. Yeah, but it was a big uh, I mean, that's a, a at a time thing. when
1: nobody was doing it. Yeah, we really pushed that garden to the limits. I can't really say at that time there was many other people doing that too there was some there was some big ones too right you know.
0: yeah but again yeah,
1: it was that garden pitches. that garden made it into marijuana venture magazine <laughs> you know
0: that's funny good aerial
1: footage of it and you know those those things I, i'll i'll think about one year i was on the way to the emerald cup i slid the u-haul off the road because it was a ice slick on my dirt road okay and i had to hitch it out and get all my stuff out and Pull, you know, pull the thing up the mountain and get it back on the road, and, you know. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, going and doing these things, and over the years, you've come across obstacles making the hash, you know? Yeah, it sounds like it. And yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sure we don't know the half of it, so. Yeah. When I when I first made my first dry room, when I made the, uh, the microplaning, right? When I when I did microplaning, when I made when I was used to make microplaning, I did this whole like insulated room with the cool bot and the DHU and the, you know, insulated foam board on the walls, ceiling, floor. Okay. But, the twi- oh dude, I did the whole thing, dude. Right. It was you know, and I'm pretty sure I was like the only one that had that at that time too, you know. It was yeah. like, like six racks in there, doubled up, so it was like, you know, <laughs> twelve racks of hash, you yeah. know. And you had 20 sheets or 20 shelves each one, so it's 40 a tower. It was, That's a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. I man, it took a long time to fill them up. Right. You know, and then it took a long time to take it off. And then you had to clean the racks and clean the room and reprep it and then and be super clean when you're doing it and put it all in there. You know, those those were some of the the hard times, man. The you know, like I miss making the microplane hash. You know, like air-dried hash is what they call it in Spain, and it just kind of opened my eyes. I'm like, air-dried. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, reminds me of old times, <laughs> you know? I'm like, because, dude, like, this freeze-dryer thing, when you turn the fucking freeze-dryer off and you de it, you pour that water out the bottom, there's terps in the water, Bro! You know what I mean? So you're like, okay, is this thing sucking off more terps than I used to do on the fucking, you know, the few I'm days that it used to it be on the rack? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, you know? Well, it might slice the heads. Well, bro, you slice a head, schmice a head. Did it really freaking matter? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know,
0: like, I don't know. Yeah, know? I mean, and that's the thing is, I don't think anybody really knows at this point, you know? It's just everybody's. Because
1: everybody's off. sheeples and they all jumped off to one thing to the next thing as soon as some, you know, guy says, i'm doing this they're all i'm doing that too you know nobody even really rode out the distance on on microplaning and you know it's like i
0: think i'm gonna go back to it dude yeah yeah so just i like to ask the years to kind of give it a timeline but like what year are you talking about that you did that build out for the the uh, in the cold room in the cold room yeah That was 14. Okay. Yeah. And then so that's the same time that you were microplaning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the microplaning, I'm assuming, was all done in there as well. Yeah, yeah. So I had this, it was like, basically, dude,
1: I had these two old buildings on my property and they were like the most rugged, beat down buildings. One was like this old garage with no floor. Okay. And it was just like gravel (laughs) and it had a tin light grow. And that tin lighter made some of the most champion grows. I dude, I grew some fire nugs out that thing. Won a lot of shit. You know, it was like it was cool. I had to tear it down because it wasn't a permitted building. And the other building was this old guest house that was built in '68. That had a little bathroom that was like you know enough to fit my chest freezer you know like a, a 15 cubic foot chest freezer sideways okay. in the bathroom yeah and then I had a rack and I had a, um, a, fr- a dry rack I had my washing machine I had a DHU, I had my my AC I had a little sink in there and it was like only enough room for me to stand in there it was like a
0: but it got the job done dude
1: it got the job done that's where Boo Boo's Bubble was made. Well, once I grew out of the 15-cubic freezer and drying more than, like, a couple ounces of hash, right, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, okay, I turned that whole thing into the dry room so i just lined the walls and then that was now what i used to make hash and do everything in there and dry and everything became just the room for the racks right and i took the room that was it was a it was basically like a guest house which is a one room cabin with a bathroom attached to it gutted you know it's all gutted the one room was like a 20 by 20 and i took and divided it into three rooms which were the breeding chambers we made the seeds in okay so a b and c D was the dry room And then there was a a breezeway Which was like the walkway To open all the doors right Well in that walkway if anybody's ever been To that spot before I tore it down I had chest freezers and my Washing machines and everything set up Right there so I could wash and press And everything right there you know what I mean That's awesome so it was like just like all in one All in one you know and my breeding was right Behind me I had the you know Double doors for the breeding so I can spray myself Off to wash the pollen You know, sterilize the pollen and I tore all that down. So, but now, um, yeah, it's cool because, you know, like this whole single source, vertically integrated system that everybody's going on now. It's like what we've been doing. Like, realistically, we've been breeding, growing, hashing. I drive the shit. I sell the shit. I market my own shit. You know what I mean? There's the only thing I don't never did was have a dispensary. Right. Right. Basically you know Like everything else I
0: packaged my own stuff I did you know And like you and I Were talking about earlier I think that that Creates kind of A a sense of freedom To be able to do What you want Instead of having to
1: Answer to another man You know Look at me Look at how freely I'm speaking to you right now That's because I don't have nobody Hanging over my head Telling me what to say And what can't say I don't have no vested interest in no other, you know, poop, soup, pushing corporate conglomerations. You know what I mean? And I, I'm proud of that, you know, because yeah. it, it's not about the dollars. You know what I mean? Ah, get out of here with that. You know, it's like all the time, man. You know, I'm proud of that, man. We, we're standing up for people that are and have been doing this. You know what I mean? Th- that's what it is. You know, like I'm, I like to think of myself as a realist. You know, and maybe a voice for people that just don't speak. Man, when I kick it off online, I'm sure you've seen some videos. Oh, yeah. I kick it off, bro. and You know, the comment section on my DMs? I never get somebody that's even requesting to talk to me that says, Dude, you suck, man. Shut up, man. Dude, it's always like, bro, your comedy. Keep kicking it off. Foot on the neck. You know what I mean? Like, I get all of that. Right. And I'm talking like, I can't make a crazy video and, and then not get... 40, 30, 40 of these messages. I love it, dude. Yeah. Bring it. Thank you. I love you people and the support. Thank you so much for, you know, appreciating the realness. You know what I mean? That's it,
0: it, that's what I like. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, look, you know, it's funny that you bring that up because I I enjoy your feed, man. Thank you. know, you. I, I think you're a lively guy. I think Cuban said it well. You're energetic. Yeah. Um, but you feed that energy, like, into positivity and you're not afraid to speak your mind. And I know maybe, like, not everybody's with that, but... That's just how the world yeah. is, right? Yeah. So I appreciate your realness, man. And, and Thank I think you, that's brother. Cool. Yeah. So, can you talk to me a little bit more about, I guess, what it takes to be a breeder when you're specifically targeting these plants to produce hash?
1: Yeah. All right. You ever stick your hand in a cobweb? Yeah. Or spit on your finger and then take your two fingers and pull them apart and you see the string between your fingers like that? you see that see the multiple spit strings right that right there is the indication of a hash spitting plant so if you go out early morning hours or up until around 10 o'clock in the morning and you and you take a leaf and you press the leaf between your index and thumb not hard but not super soft either okay. just press it and relieve it and then take in repress your fingers off of the leaf between your uh, you know nothing between your fingers just you know the resin that you just touched repress and then pull apart again it'll leave a set of stringers if it doesn't leave a set of stringers or it's wet and not tacky like when you pull your finger apart if it don't if it ain't like that then it ain't hash so it's got to leave stringers in order for it to make hash okay and you know like i've told people this tech a couple people and you know, nobody's publicly said this is probably the first time anybody's ever going to hear that, but that is how I tell if it makes ash.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah? Yeah. And, I mean, how long do you think that experience, or how much I've been doing that has- for like three, four years. Okay. And would you say that the more experience you have, the easier predicting that becomes?
1: Yeah. Well when you know genetics of the tree, right? You know like the makeup of it, I can kind of tell you a little bit of what it does, right? right? You know what I mean? Like, okay, when you cross Rose A, which doesn't make hash, it's the lotion, to the OG, you're gonna get a 50% on the return. So half of them will make hash, half of them won't. Well only about 25% of them that make hash of the 50% are going to be of the t- rosé terp. Okay. So you're going to have to rework that in order to get more of those to spit the rosé terp with the hash.
0: So that like fourth of the population... Yeah. You rework that... Basically
1: like an eighth. Well, 50%. Yeah. Broke down 50% of the whole... it like got fucking... Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, right? Because if you take... You take 50% of the lineage and right. then you take... 25% of the 50% of that one side that makes hash, only 25% of those are gonna make that one terp that you're looking for in hash. Right,
0: yeah. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, so
1: an equivalent, that would be like the eighth.
0: It's an eighth. I okay, guess. Yeah. and um, you know, for example, you talked about some of the strings earlier, like the Skittles and the Rose, how often, or how Yeah, how common is it or how often do these things come along that like stand out to somebody who's seen so much, you know Okay
1: You may have something special and you just may never even know what the fuck to do with it You may come across something and it it just may The normal person, it may just sweep right past them and they didn't even catch it You really have to have an eye and have to really understand and know what different is, right? is that what you're asking? Yeah. Yeah, you you have to know what different is. You have to has have you ever smelt that before? Have you has this have you ever had hash like that before? You know, because before 2012, the only ha- the shit that you'd see in the full in the full melt hash would be like sour diesel, OG, headband. Right, the ones that we're producing. Hash. Right. You know, and And that was... That was it. So it's like it took a while for the breeding and the terps and everything to play into this to get it to where we're at. It's a trip, you know?
0: Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting about that is like, uh, and I told you this earlier, is I feel like one of the kind of limiting things about water hash right now is that the genetics, even though they're improving, they're still kind of like... Almost like a bottlenecking, I feel. Yeah, right now. Of like what's available yeah. to, to work and like what's actually producing to make it commercially viable, and and so in your case, I think that definitely is something that makes uh, you unique in that you've been working your own stuff, you've been working it, gearing it towards that, and then you're making your own hash as well, you know, and so you're able to kind of bring in maybe flavors that other people aren't because they don't <coughs> the genetics or the know-how, I'm not sure. <coughs> Skittles became like. popular in part because
1: the turp right? But also because of the hash. You know, we'd to we'd went around, I won all these events, right? You know what I mean? With hash. So and then and then with rosin too. The flower won awards, but the hash won the first awards. You know what I mean? And nobody even wanted to back the flower until it was grown indoor because it was so ugly. You know, people, we would have to roll it up and smoke it and with you, share a joint. and you, Oh, wow, that tastes so good. Yeah. You know what I mean? They couldn't look the at fuck? it. And... No, because it was all about the way it looked. Right. We, you know, used to be all that. And now that's where it's gone back to is everybody wants to see these pretty pictures online on these pretty frosty nugs that are no terps. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just I don't get it. You know what I'm talking about? Well, a like, lot of these strains are high yielding hash plants that don't have a lot of flavor, and they look real pretty, and they got purple coloring, and it's this cannon nugget, and there's big chundrous nugs. But when you smoke it, it's like, where's
0: the where's well, everything the, looks good? And, I the, mean, the, to be the, honest, The most THC are, the, the THC yeah.
1: is super high, right? And and when with high THC herb. It doesn't correlate with the flavor. It's like kinda of becomes a hash hit when you smoke in the joints like a hashy hit, you know? Right. Like, wow, that tastes like strong, you know, like Yeah.
0: So do you feel mac,
1: like Mac mac one has no fucking flavor. Strong smoke. You know what I mean? I don't know if you smoked that shit. I've only tried it a couple times and I, mean, I only got to try it one time and it was the real deal. Dude, doesn't have much of a smell uh, or, I a agree with you on that. or a taste. Or a taste. But the the stone on that shit I almost had to like pull over And <laughs> take a break bro You know what I mean yeah, it's It it's a real deal when it comes to power Really power dude And that's kind of where I think it's all gone to right now Is a lot of these shops And everybody is wanting these numbers to be high on the THC And they want these pretty Frosty show nugs And you know it's That's cool but we're, we're lacking some flavors there And the bottlenecking of the genetics With a lot of you know, certain groups, strains that are hyped, you know what I mean, really hard, is really not helping the situation. Because now you have this insurgence of all these dorks coming in with, you know, this Gelato 33 cross to fucking blah, blah. Well, how many people got that? You know what I mean? And then everybody wants to do that. And just, you know, like. It, you know, Skittles, you know, everybody's got a Z on the end now of everything, you know, like, come on, dude. It's cool. Right. But if it's really cool, is it just a sales gimmick to these people? Or is it really something different? Because, motherfucker, I work hard to come up with a a new variety and flavor for you to enjoy. Don't just think it's cute and fun games and just make up some new shiny Mylar bag and tell me that it's the fire and, you know, it's just the this over here renamed to this here. And you're telling me, come on, you know, the game is
0: really weird right now, you know. And, you know, on the same note earlier, you were telling me, like, You don't have a problem, for example, somebody using your genetics to build upon. Oh, go ahead, man. But, like, give credit to whosoever building blocks you did that on.
1: Yeah, keep the name, you know what I mean? Like, don't change the names on people's shit, you know? Like, because if you take somebody's stuff and you don't keep that name or you you change it and call it this, within two months, nobody even remembered that, that that was that, and it's this now, and... Now this dude over here that put in fucking years of his work don't get no credit, even if you're not even... You, dude, you're not paying the guy anything. You know what I mean? Like, let's just get real. Is You know, like, they're not paying the dude. People growing my watermelon Skittles or whatever, are, you know, are these guys paying me? No. Right. The least you can fucking do is keep the damn name. You know what I mean? Yeah, Keep I, the I story with, with it, you know? Like, keep the name alive, you know? People, they take it and they'll take your stuff and cross it to other things that's cool just keep what it is there right you know like don't fake don't be
0: fake yeah yeah i mean you know on a weird note like comparing it to for example if it were like music right and the artist took a you could combine songs and make it and so if you give credit to the person who made that original one then you can go back into their catalog and see if there's, you know, more things that you like of theirs yeah. or whatnot, you know? Yeah, you know, so it's it like, don't the...
1: say that you, you know, there's a there's a hashtag that we used to say is, don't claim the flame, you know what I mean? Right. Like, don't say you did it when you didn't do it. Don't say you bred it when you didn't breed it. Don't, you know, like, it's just, that, that's like morals, you know? But a lot of it, a lot of the backbone of this whole industry is being lost right now, so it's kind of hard to speak about morals when... A lot of people don't even do that either. You look at hash companies. How many hash companies were around six months ago? Who the fuck are these guys on the shelf right now? I never fucking heard of them. I'm just being real like there's some of these guys that come in from other states like come in here to California and now they're like the biggest dick swinging and you're like, well, who the fuck are you? Who backed your company? What makes you so special? You start digging into it, you're like, oh, dude, you used to make BHO? What are you doing, man? Culture vulture? You know, <laughs> like, what are you, you know, stay in your lane, swagger jacker, you know?
0: Do you feel like that's happening because, like, people who were maybe making hydrocarbon C? I hope so, that it's better. Yeah, I hope so. I hope,
1: that. but you, what the real thing is, is they're still pushing poop. They're still pushing that poison. If they really thought it was better, then why the fuck are they still selling that? You know what I mean? Give the people uh, the product and, and tell them why it's better. You know, don't go over here and try to make money. That's dancing the fence, you know, making the good money on this side. Ha, ha, ha. And while I do this, oh, but we're good. We're good over here. You know what I mean? Or pushing the poop over here. No. Why would you even be selling that if you believe so much in this product? You'd be selling just this product. You know what I mean? Yeah, and plus they're tapping into both markets. That's agreed. Yeah, that's the money. You know, you're like, hey, you want to make the money on this side and this side, but you don't even believe in that product. You're smoking this product. Right. That's morals and morality and like, yeah, like knowing that it's not even a good uh, as good a product or even on the same level or maybe not as healthy or whatever, and you're still doing it because the dollars are there. That's ethical, right there. Your company has an ethical problem. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. come on.
0: I mean, yeah. you brought up the Eagle Twenty situation, yeah. right? And you you told me that if you were growing the last eight to ten years, it's almost not possible for you not to have used that in yeah, some way.
1: Exactly. If somebody in the in the last five to eight years has been growing the last five to eight years and they haven't used that product, it's highly doubtful. You know what I mean? Those the, the most the people that have been farming in those years, they know about the product. But once they found out about the product. And they continued to use it. Remember what I was saying? Yeah. It's different than, you know, oh shit, dude, this shit causes testicular cancer. Oh fuck. You know, when you smoke it it turns into rat poison. <laughs> when you light it and combust it on fire, you know oh maybe I won't spray that no more. You know?
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean that's and that's what I told you. I was like, you know, if you don't know and it's just like from not being informed. It's one thing, right? Yeah. But if you knowingly do it, then there's definitely intention behind that. So it's, you know, similar to what you were saying about kind of this back door, front door deal that maybe a lot of these companies are kind of doing. Yeah. So that's, yeah, it's, it's funny, but it's not really funny. Yeah, standing
1: know? behind your product, man, you know, and like some of these companies too, dude. All right, put it this way. Jungle Boys failed out at the Chalice Festival. All their entries, all of them, 2016, they came back the following year after they fucked up and manned up and fucking won that shit. They swept, they had like fucking eight awards or some shit like that, but they a year before and nobody even remembered. They got smeared so hard and shit. I, th- I thought people, damn, they're going to remember this shit. Nope. Nobody even remembered shit. They got there on the stage, did their little money dance, you know what I mean, did the thing, it was like, fuck, all right, this is tight. But the year before, they, like, 20 or their entries or whatever, I don't know, it was like, I don't know if they put 20 in, but it was like, dude, all the entries they put
0: in failed. That's crazy I didn't know that, yet. yeah. Yeah, but they learned, obviously, and they, you know, like you said.
1: He said he went back, he said on stage, because I remember this dude's speech, he said he went back with his tail between his legs. Hard, Beat hard. Right? And fucking... He said he'd planned. And it took him all year to get back to that point. And he planned from that point. It took from him driving home, he'd planned the whole thing to the next year. He came with a Ferris wheel. He got the whole building. He came with a whole line of shit that he grew from a bunch of these seed breeder dudes. And bullshit and fucking—he just had a bunch of logos made up and boom, boom, boom. You know what I mean? And put his dick stamp down on that thing, man. Right. But he walked yeah. away and he learned the year before. You know what I mean? And I'll always remember what he said. You know what I mean? He's like, "I took me all year to plan for this, and I, you know, walked away lost that year before, and then, I came back this year, and
0: it was yeah, a it's big a deal. Experience if you take it to be. You know? Yeah." And so that's awesome that he would take that as a learning lesson and grow from that. Oh, yeah. Instead of, like...
1: Well, and now like look at him. Now the guy's there. got the biggest, nice setups, and yeah, they just continue I mean,
0: to grow. I mean, I do exactly and, and yeah, yeah. You know, it's killing it, man. Yeah, for sure. You know, one thing that I haven't really brought up that I wanted to talk to you about is the ego clash. This is an event that started, correct me if I'm wrong, about two years ago. Yes, sir. And to me, I mean, obviously from afar... I'm, just like a regular dude, from Instagram, but it seemed like it was like almost like a cooler alternative to the Emerald Cup in regards to like the hash world. Would you say that that there's any difference no, to that?
1: No, yeah, no, man. Emerald Cup is a beast of its own. You know, Emerald Cup is the ultimate event. You know what I mean? That, that event, it. Helps the community so much and it enlightens the community so much and it's a gathering of everybody at the end of the year. Not just two hundred people, but like fifty thousand people. And you know, it really is the prestigious event. You know, the Ego Clash is a gathering of heads. Okay. And we are, you know, the people that are invited is it's an invitational, it's not like you can buy a ticket. Right. The people that are invited have to bring the product and it's fire. And you get to bring a guest. And so, you know, you end up having, you know, a few different battlefields, usually around 30, 30 people around on each battlefield. Okay. And, you know, you know, there's over a couple hundred people there, two to three hundred people, and you come and it's it's a it's a cool thing, man. It's yeah. a different thing than the emerald. The emerald is has um, a bank of judges they do a process of elimination that's unlike any other. They have a, um, a lineup of entries that's unlike any other. The organization, the money that they put in at the Emerald is fucking huge. You know what I mean? The, yeah. They really, and everybody loves it. You know, that that is the event to go to at the end of the year. You know what I mean? Um, yeah.
0: I've been out there a few times, and I mean, I agree with you. It's very well organized.
1: It has kind of changed in the last year. You know what I mean? because of regulation the last two years and stuff so it, it's kind of gotten a little weird but besides that man they they still can't take the vibe away a lot of people come in trying to imitate what the emerald cup has started and made but they 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 just can't come close right you know what i mean they're, they're already there it's like 15 years strong you know what i mean that is they're in there like swimwear you know
0: yeah. lower some of the Early ones that you, I guess, were going to, maybe even competing in.
1: The first one I competed in was the first one that left Area 101. And it went to uh, the Mateel in Redway in Garberville. Okay. In Humboldt County. And uh, I'd went to the ones the year prior where Chad won. And then I think I went to the one the year before that too. But yeah, no, it, it kind of went from like... It kind of went from like a um, like a small like a small scale ego clash, right. and it blew up into to something bigger. Cause you know it was only just a few hundred people when it was in Area 101, Right. and then it blew up to the Emerald Cup went to Garberville and took over the Matil. And then overgrew the material in the first year and went down to Santa Rosa and has been there ever since. But even in Santa Rosa, it started off as a portion of the fairgrounds, not the whole fairgrounds. Right? Because I remember when it was just this little, the cannabis area, they confined it to this little grass area that was like literally a hundred foot by like a couple hundred feet. Right. And everybody had only got like a little booth you had, Everybody got a 10 by 10 There was no like double booths Nobody had a special booth made with their logos on it Nobody had none of that dude You know it was like we had a banner that we hung up You know what I mean yeah. It was like that was what we had
0: You know like a pop up
1: tent or whatever
0: you know? Yeah yeah and that's what, in part was I, I was asking Because like I've only seen it uh, Be
1: the big show that it is Exactly It's a big production you know yeah. And they've learned a lot over the years From big shows like that do concerts and stuff and right. they, they've really taken it in you know and they haven't flopped they haven't fucking pulled a, a move like these other events where you know they'll get you to come and there's nobody there you know like you go to I don't want to mention any of the other events we know who the fuck they are <laughs> they suck you know what I mean nobody goes to them fucking suck you need to step your game up you know who you are you
0: know what I mean you mentioned that the Eagle Clash is by invitation only how or what does it take to get invited
1: um, you know, a lot of people think that it's like criteria, man, you know, honestly, people hit me up all the time. I'm like, like hey, man, can I go? I'm like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, you know, it's like the, they, you know, these people, it reaches a point though where I only have enough food to feed so many people right. and I want to maintain a certain vibe and a, and a, feel, you know, like on how I remember it to yeah. be. And so I don't really want it to grow to be too big of a thing. And That's That's, cool though Yeah it's kind of Put on by us Put on for the people By the people Right So like the sponsors Are like us You know the (laughs) cannabis community Yeah And people that want to go And be a part of it dude Because it's a fun thing
0: Yeah I mean You you know know, Again I've only seen Like video of it But it seems pretty fun Yeah um, Especially like being around uh, Other hash makers As a hash maker And like what everybody's been working on and.
1: what's funny about the ego clash is that it's not so much of an ego clash it's like an ego break clash. breakdown you right. know what i mean like yeah. everybody puts the ego checks the egos at the door it's kind of like a chill thing you know nobody's everybody's respectful man nobody's knocking nobody's shit everybody's just trying to help the next dude you know what i right. mean like you know everybody's putting positive mm-hmm. input it's very rarely that you'd think that you'd get that many heady heads together and not even be a
0: problem, but right. you know, it, it happens, so. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I think also what's cool about it, uh, I think there's plenty of things that are cool about it. Uh, one of them is that you kind of give spot to like a small guy who's just maybe growing uh, on a small scale, making really good hash, yeah. as opposed to like <clears throat> having to come in with a bunch of product and money to have to compete.
1: Yeah, it literally takes no money. There's no entry fee. We don't take your product. We give you your product back. You know, so it's very inviting for people that don't want to give up 14 grams at whatever, you know, right. fucking thousand dollars worth of product, and then have to pay a fucking other thousand dollar entry fee. And then, you know, it's all this shit. It's just, it's, it's a get together. You're invited. You bring your own product, B-Y-O-B, you know, to I mean? bring your own bud. Yeah. And, you know, here you go, man. You know, it's like. You know, you get to take it when you go. Well, you don't want it. It's, you know, it's cool. Right, yeah, that's cool. It's not a money-making event. Right. A lot of events turned into money-making events where their booths cost so much and they're advertising, you want to be a sponsor? You know, like, come on, man, you know. You know, the sponsorship at the Ego Clash is realistic numbers for the sponsorship. All the money goes into the event. Nobody's walking away
0: with a fucking chunk in their pocket. Right. You know what I mean? And the other aspect that I find cool about it is that you also ask for like donations, right? Yeah. And so that that has a charitable aspect to it.
1: Yeah, as well. yeah. We did a toy drive last year, man, that gained like fucking two truckloads of toys <laughs> That's for awesome. the kids in the fire up in, um, I think it was Shasta County, is where John took them.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. That's, you know, again, something that Cuban brought up about you that you're just like a real humble guy and like hard worker, but you're also about, helping others in what you can. Yeah, man. So that's cool. I appreciate that for sure.
1: He's a good dude, man. But, you know, in general, the cannabis community, we have to stick together, and that's a part of it, man, is there's so much weird shit going on and the breakdown and all this corporate cocksuckery that, like, that's what part of the ego clash was. I got up there, and at the end of the night, I did this speech on the ego clash and... Thank you for coming And I'm debuting And I'm talking about this thing That is the Terp Templar And Frosty is a big a big part of that You know He, he came up with that term And you know he, he is a part of the Terp Templar It's a round table That we can all speak at You know what I mean Where we're not It's not one person's table It's not my table It's not your table It's a way for us to Still hold on to this industry And not let some of these Um, big groups with all this bottomless pocket come in and work at an operation at a loss for so long to drive everybody out we can kind of work together on like what we're growing, sharing stuff sharing tech, sharing knowledge, what price points we're setting at, who's growing what and when and so we're not stepping on anybody's toes and stuff and it was just a way to open up the dialogue and we went over to Spain and we had a, um, a gathering of the Templars over there at the castle and you know it's it really cool man you know it's just in the beginning stages of you know where we're at but you know i, I think it's going to play out pretty awesome in the end
0: yeah i, I saw that that you moved into uh, it was i don't know if it was in barcelona or wherever the ego clash was necessarily over there but that was cool to see like you take that there and then also this kind of mind or kind of concept of like I don't know what you would call it. Would it be like a small farmers union? Would it be yeah?
1: Like it was, I didn't want to say union when I got up yeah. there. I even I have the speech recorded. You know, I, I spit it raw. I didn't even like write shit down. You know, it's just it's just been on the top of my mind. You know, like there's so much going on when they're trying to dumb down stuff, and they're not even like they, some of these companies are so blatantly turds that they're like calling their shit calm and relax <laughs> and sleep, sleep and. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, dude, you're dumbing it way down. You're taking all this work that people did and just taking all that away. You know? And, like, I understand that right now we're at an educational point where the people are kind of stupid. But that's not cool to take advantage of people. And so, like, I just, you know what I mean? Like, I I just feel that there's another way, man. People are about the dollar. But there's a way to be about the dollar and not be so weird with, like, not telling people that what the product's made from or how it's made or, you know, right. that this is better than this. It's, it's going to take a while, you know, to educate these people. And right now, face it, the people aren't educated. And some people are taking advantage of people, and
0: you know. Do you feel like there is going to be a market for craft or boutique Cannabis
1: and then also ash? Yeah, for sure, man. You know, um, like I said, the, the, you know, the Terpy Van Winkle aspect, yeah. you know, is I'm not going to overproduce and I'm going to grow things that not everybody has. Nobody has. And I'm going to continue to do things like that and beat to my own drum. So whereas I'm kind of in a different realm over here. Right. As to where somebody else is that's like a sorcerer that doesn't grow. <sighs> that just does somebody's laundry, you know what I mean? Washes their chonies and gets the bacon strips out their underwear for them, you know what I mean? Those kind of people are gonna have a little bit different route. Me, I'm over here beating my own drum. Right. Boom, 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 you know? And so, it, I kind of just, maybe I just don't
0: give a shit, whatever, you know, right? One thing that I wanted to ask you about, which is you hear a bunch of different stuff, and so, you know, I was like, why not just ask
1: about the Skittles? Like, oh, I thought you were gonna ask about Rat Rise.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, the Skittles? All right. What do you wanna know about the Skittles? What is the Skittles? You know, where did it come from? Gas station
1: Bob. You know, it came from Leggett, California, from Gas station Bob. You know, uh, the dude's a legend. You should go up and check out the drive-through tree. Swing by, tell him third gen sent you. Okay. <laughs>
0: You know? So, definitively that's where it comes from then.
1: Yeah, no, he uh, acquired it with his buddy, overall Dave, is what he told me. Okay. Um, I used to live behind the gas station, and I go up and smoke with him every morning and shit. Yeah. You know, so I, I, you know, hang out with him quite often. I see him, you know, every week. He still works at the gas station. Cool. Yeah, no, um, Fields used to take care of his son, who's in a wheelchair. Okay. And he used to date his daughter. Okay. And so basically my old partner acquired the clone from, you know, one of his family members'
0: mother rooms. And, you know, basically ran from there. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And then, and you got the genetics directly from Bob? No, I
1: bought the clones from Tony Mendo. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I think I've heard his name. Yeah, so originally there was four of us. Okay. Or there's three hogs: me, Tone, and Fields. Okay. Okay. And so basically, Turp Hogs was formed in the backyard at uh, Tone's house, and he's like, "Oh, we're the we're the Turp Hogs." You know what I mean? It was it was kind of like that. You know what I mean? Was, All right, cool. So I fucking went hit up my artist and had my artist draw up the the hogs around the table with the pounds of weed and the skittles z's on them and the, yeah and then the th you know the so you know that it all just kind of spurred from that okay you know? so
0: so have you always skittles, been skittles
1: like- once i once i was because I, I was already winning and when they when i had bought those clones in 2014 in the spring 2014 from uh from tone he, he needed money for his diesel So I, you know, he's like, oh, I could really use some decent money. So I was like, all right, you know, 400 bucks. Oh, Here's these clones. He's going to give them to me anywhere or whatever. But it was like, you know, a couple bucks. You know, here you go. So I, I got the clones and then he found out that I had them. And he was like, oh, fuck. You know what I mean? He's got those things. You know, like fucking. You know, it all fucking butt hurt, so we formed a group basically on that, you know what I mean? And so that's how Turp Hogs was formed, and Skittles was brought out that way. I won the uh, awards with them, and you know. Yeah. Um, Tone grew out an indoor run of Skittles for the first time, and fucked it up and seeded it. And I popped the seeds. After I bought the weed from it, it was like, oh, fuck, yeah, this fire. I had some seeds in there. I picked the seeds out. Yeah. I grew the seeds out, right? And that's where I found, like, uh, rosé
0: and shit and fucking... Oh, so that's where, like, some of that came from. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: So from Skittles, which right. was our shit, an unknown fucking donor.
0: Yeah. Know? Yeah. So, um, I've heard a lot of breeders talk about, like, their males. Yeah. Are there some that you like to work with? like
1: yeah man a lot of people don't know about males so it's like I want to hear what the breeders talked about what are they what are they what were they bragging I don't I'm not let me tell you what I select for. yeah so check this out I select for like a terpy resinous male and so for a long time males have been killed thrown away eliminated so you haven't really seen people don't really know what to select for so when you grow out large selections of males you'll get a good idea like what a good male is you know what I mean? It's a lot harder to find a good male than it is to find a good female. Okay. Let me let me tell you that. Okay. Okay? Like, so when you find a good male, it's gonna look like a female. It's gonna have chunky fucking chundrous nuts, full, not wispy. It's gonna have resin and you're gonna smell it just like a female. Okay. You're damn near gonna go, oh shit, man, that I can almost smoke that. Right. You know what I mean? And that's a good male. And okay. so when we breed, we breed for what? Hash. Right. Right? And turps. So if you have a weak-ass wiener when you're breeding, you're going to end up with a bunch of weak wieners, you know what I mean, so to say. So, you know, you want to start off with a strong dude and a strong female because most everybody's hitting is already selected elite females anyway. Right. You're Nobody's grabbing some dog shit and going, I'm going to make the next fucking winner from this pile of shit. You know what I mean? No, there's you got something cool that you're going to hit some pollen
0: to first right. off, you know what I mean? Well, and the thing is, like you said, if males for different reasons have been either too scary to work with or like not understood enough yeah. to work with or whatever and then you're saying on top of that that it's harder to find good males you know that's a hard combination to find a good male to like you said a, a bunch of uh, female crosses that are already made so that's, that's pretty interesting cool huh? yeah and I guess can you talk about like any of the genetics that you use as like males for um, some of the breeding projects you work on?
1: yeah so like OG Eddie the fireball, the pudding, yeah, the watermelon Skittles
0: males. Okay. All those are hash makers though, the Four Locos males. Okay, and so it's interesting that you say that those are hash makers, so do you feel like the male almost brings more of like the, the structure of the resin to the plate than the, than the female, or? You know, a
1: males bring a plethora of things, just like when you cross with the female too, it's kind of like which one is gonna be dominant in that realm right is this one going to be dominant in the structure like when you I have this lemonade OZ male okay right and the damn thing is a short stout little stocky fucker which gets it from the lemonade okay. which is like a slower grower short little stout stocky fucker everything else is going to be doubled that's tall and you know okay and so the eddy and the skittles which make the, o, the OZ crossed in with the lemonade still got dominated out by the lemonade so it's it is smaller smaller right exactly and so you know certain things when you're breeding and stuff you're going to see that carry over you're going to be like oh yeah those that's going to be dominant just like i know when i cross lemon turps to things it's going to be dominant lemon turp do you know what i mean right most of the time they don't make hash you know and i have good lemon turp hash like the lemon bean lemon zest limzini those make killer hash lemon turp but like most everybody else's shit ain't gonna make no lemon turp you know what i mean so
0: yeah that's a lemon is an interesting flavor and in that like there's so many like definitions of it and i feel like at least with like the herb before that the lemon well before
1: like- lemon tree or the organ lemonade or the santa cruz lemon diesel or whatever they wanted to call it yeah. right before that lemon turp that we now know as lemon turp came out uh-huh there was a bunch of different lemon turps they called the pine tar, fucking pine sap, smelling fucking jack train wreck shit lemon. Oh, that smells like lemon. <laughs> no, man, that's fucking train wreck. You know what I mean? You know, where everybody up here will clown your ass, you pull out some shit that smells like train wreck. They'll be like, oh, I don't fucking train wreck. Oh, you know what I mean? But it's like, you know, that has been called lemon. And then this OG, that's like lemon fuel or like lemon gas or like, this is the lemon OG. You're like, dude, no, this is OG no lemon in there you know because now we have lemon you know what lemon here taste this this is lemon you know right so it's like over the time you know they're they're just gonna keep pulling it out you know like oh no oh you've tried skittles well now you've tried gack have you tried gack the new fruit have you tried the new fruit no no new fruit for you. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like there's going to be evolutions to this. Yeah.
0: You know? <laughs> and you know, as a reader, you think, like, it takes, uh, I don't know what you call it, but, like, almost like a, a, a sixth sense to um, being able to kind of sort those complex palates out sometimes. And, like, for example, I've heard Mean Gene, right? He's a dude who is kind of known for having... Maybe a palette that, like, most people just don't, right? I don't don't really
1: appreciate, yeah. And so, then that's what I'm saying, too, is some people, you're going to have to be patient, if that makes sense. Sometimes you may like something that not everybody likes. Right. You know what I mean? Or it may be the wrong time. You may have to wait a little bit or figure out a different way to present that to someone.
0: Right, because it's like you almost have to also take into account, like, the market and where it's at and like what people are into well
1: look at how fake it is right now you know what I mean that's really weird right now above all other times you have prices through the roof you got fugazi everywhere you look you know what I mean you just got the foo-foo everywhere you look and then it's the uneducation it okay, all that couples for the weirdness because anybody, there's only so many real people. All right, I go like this. 50,000 people go to the same events all over the world, and they don't. But let's just say that because it's only like it's like the same 10,000 people that travel, and you may get a couple people here, a couple people all the events. Let's just to say that like there's a couple hundred thousand people in the world that really know about weed. Okay. Or whatever. Right. Less than that. They really know about weed. They, they care. They go to But of those people that go to these events and and went into these spots and they really cared about weed, there's only like maybe a small percentage that really know their shit. Well, now when you open it up to states, multiple states, and you have millions of people coming in, investor money, all this shit's coming in, all this stuff, nobody knows nothing. You know what I mean? They're all being told, so who really knows what's going on? You see what I'm saying? Like we're those original people that are like the real game players, right? The ones that know what's going on. There's all these people now. They, so their heart's it. not there. They don't know what's going on. It's, you know, it's some business that they got conjured up at some MJ BizCon with some other dude with a little badge <laughs> on, walking around talking about some shit to some suits. Yeah, it's
0: disgusting going to those events, man. And you guys have taken a lot of risks. And the people out in this area have taken a lot of risk and gone through a lot of uh, hardship to do that, you know?
1: I have PTSD, man. There's not a helicopter. I can't go to the city and go walk down the street or go to the... My, I can't go to my kid's football practice and it's by the airport. Every single helicopter that flies by, I got to, like, rubberneck and look. I'm the only one looking. Everybody else don't give two shits about no helicopters. Why do I care about helicopters?
0: Yeah, that's rough, man. I mean, were you here? You wake up every every
1: single day. You're waking up for years, wondering and going to bed at night, wondering if they're going to come kick your door in the morning. Is everything going to be good? God, can I just get to the next one? What's going on? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that's something. I mean, like you said, in the end, it's really it's all about like feeding families and like just living like normal lives. It's not about like
1: you know, and these people don't know who they're supporting. They don't know when they're coming into the dispensary that by buying the cheap product, by buying those brands, they're they're not supporting the small guy because the corporate is putting the craft image on there like they're the good guy, you know what I mean? And it's just how do you decipher that? How do you, there's no that yet, you know? So right now, there's gonna be a lot of people dropping off, unfortunately, you know, like a lot of neighbors going bye-bye, people selling their land, they just can't even do it no more. They're scared, they got the helicopters flying again, you know fuck dude I haven't seen that thing in like five years bro I see that shit every day now the helicopter fly by
0: that's crazy yeah yeah
1: and I'm still like whoa ha oh ha you know huh helicopter ha, gee hop hop you know hey, what do you think about that gee ha. you know they're, right over our spot you know just circling us we're just like ah oh maybe we should put our paperwork and tape it on the gate you know well,
0: <laughs> and you guys are it seems like one of the fortunate ones that have been able to jump through the hoops to even be in that position
1: yeah you know and everybody is still working on that you know how many people with provisionals how many people have you know they're still in limbo how many you know it's like it's not easy man for anyone so anybody in the system anybody doing it and they're still doing it their mom and pop and they own majority of their business and they may have a partner or their spouse or right. whatever or pops or whatever But you're still doing it, man. Power to you. You know, because I can't think of a hash maker that hasn't taken somebody else's money. Or, for that matter, a legal farmer right now. There's only one person that comes to mind when I think of self-made, self-paid. And that's Cousin D, man. That's JDI Farms. That's kosher. Cali kosher. You know what I mean? He actually, Darren, has taken that Cali kosher brand and built that thing and it's a, it's vertically integrated and he didn't take anybody else's dough you know maybe he has a partner or something but you know that right. dude is really doing it you know like he's not like a lot of some other people you know so
0: is that somebody you know I was gonna ask you you know somebody that you kind of like I guess admire maybe
1: yeah oh yeah man his work ethic his uh, facilities his business mind you know I'm not the most business savvy guy. You know, I got a lot of heart, a lot of passion. You know, I got some knowledge. You know what I mean? Right. Maybe some, a trophy sh- shelf or two, <laughs> but, you know. Four ninety three. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, like, you know, I, I'm not the most business smart guy. You know what I mean? Being from Mendocino County in the hills. and this, We've never had to be. We've never done to the tax people. We've never, you know, until recently. <laughs> right. You know. Right.
0: Yeah, it was a different... A different struggle.
1: Yeah, you know, right. so it's it's a change right now, you know, it's cool. They're not scaring me off, man, you know. I'll, they have to get me to eat a whole hell of a lot more peanut butter and jelly sandwiches before they run me off. They'd have to get me down to the bread, no peanut butter and jelly, before they run me off, you know what I mean? And then no bread. I'll be drinking water still from that muddy river I spoke about,
0: you know. Yeah. <laughs> and you, I mean, I'm taking from the name, you're a third generation uh, farmer.
1: Yeah, third generation cannabis farmer, fourth generation from Mendocino County.
0: So your family history here is pretty long.
1: Four generations. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's incredible. me. My mom, my grandpa, and my uh, great grandma. And you were telling me earlier, <laughs> some parts you were down in Southern California, but a lot of your life you grew up in okay. and around this area.
1: Yeah, um, basically majority. Yeah,
0: and. What was that kind of like? Most of my life, yeah. Yeah, just in general, I mean... The
1: younger years, I grew up in Southern California, and then, you know, they took me out of here, and they tried to, you know, do me the right way. Yeah. And then we ended up coming back and, you know, end up just doing the same thing. You know, my family was never branded, and we never really did that much cannabis. Right. And then I kind of seen what was going on, and I just was like, okay, this is it, you know? And we need to make a brand. I see this is where it's at, you know?
0: Yeah. And I mean, so just it definitely it, seems like it, it just, but it came from like a passion, right? Like.
1: Yeah. Because I loved it anyway. It was, this is what I was going to do. Right. It's not like, oh, we need to make a brand. Right. This is like, we're making the brand.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I mean, that's part of what I'm getting at is like, uh, I think it's it sounds like no matter what happens, you'll play the game because you got love for the game. That's the it.
1: You know what I mean? Like I said, they're going to have to get me down to no peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, they get me, they're going to have to starve me for a while to get me to stop this.
0: You know what I mean? I know we've been hanging out for a while. Uh, I Again, like as always, I, I appreciate your time. I got a few questions just to kind of wind down. You know, anything else you can think of too, man? You know, shoot it. I, you know, I'm a straight shooter. Cool. No, I, I appreciate it. You know, on the subject of like generations curious now as a, as a father yourself like is that something that you would see like in your kids future or, or want in your kids future or are you just like whatever happens happens and you're good with it
1: you know I thought about that recently you know <laughs> having a six year old and everything you know what I mean and a nine month old and you know I... <clears throat> first thought is is like nah, you know i don't want them to do what i'm doing or you know smoking weed or you know whatever but to be honest it's whatever they decide you know i kind of have that thing where it's like i'm not going to push it on them and they're not going to be allowed to do any of that shit but you know when they're adults and it's later in life and they decide to do what they want to do then for sure you know i'd love to have them be part of the family business yeah you know what I mean but
0: yeah I was curious and, you know and
1: if not then they're still they can still inherit it <laughs>
0: right <laughs> it sounds like out of kind of the different things that you've done you're almost like the, the guy who comes up with like the brand and the the image would you say that's something like it's kind of a strong suit of yours
1: yeah the creative mind yeah 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 I love it man that's you know that's the part of it you know the um Helping people too, man, you know all the new brands that are out there all the hash brands and shit It's cool seeing that man. I like smoking hash. I like to see good hash, right? You know what I mean? Yeah Keep pushing it. You're pushing me to do better. You know, what I mean, it's cool You know at the end of the day It's all for the love anyway, right? You know, there's enough room for everybody in this scene It's not like we're hedging nobody out, you know, I'm not one to go and and uh, devalue someone's product and underbid them and do their thing. I'm just going to kind of do my own thing. Um, Try to bring a product that's different for people. Right. And and they can enjoy something that's not, that everybody else has. Because I like having stuff that's different. Yeah, it's like a unique, Yeah, your own unique thing. I mean, I think that's cool. I kind of backed off of Skittles for that matter and kind of, cause you know, Skittles is getting played out. You know, the Terps are out there and you know it's cool I just work on other stuff and I won with the rosé after that you know what I mean and proved that that was the next thing you know right when you enter something and you called it you know like you're able to call shots I'm like yeah kinda man I I know bro like I knew when I grew that rosé that that shit was the one a few years ago you know what I mean and the first two competitions I entered we won the GAC I knew it was the one we grew like a half pound we entered we won Right. you know what I mean like hey
0: well, and that's what I was you saying know? earlier And you know, and the I dragon fruit we won fucking hey right. you know? the, the trend setting without that being your intention it's like you, you have uh, an ability to kind of pick a profile a flavor that it just that's the one for you but it turns out to be that's the one for a lot of people right? yeah yeah a lot of people like something different too yeah so that's that's cool I mean that's that's not an ability that I don't think many people have yeah you know you know, because you are a straight shooter, I want to ask you a question that, this is just my own personal curiosity, but, you know, you hear about people that have been thrown uh, in this area, and, uh, you know, a lot of people have gone to jail, at, you know, all kinds of stuff, right? We hear a lot about the negative. Are there any people that it was a positive for, or like, they killed Going it, to jail? No I mean (laughs) yeah People that were able to Stay clear Of You know Any of the Did anybody come up During the time Come up and stay up Oh
1: bro People around here Own fucking towns You know what I mean These people around here Own like millions of dollars And fucking equipment And fucking cars And vehicles And go on trips every year And fucking They got gas stations And fucking There's people that run-tings, you know what
0: I mean? Right. Yeah, I mean, I've always been curious. Yeah. Like I said, you always hear the bad. Yeah. But, you know, like... Some people that...
1: Yeah, man, of course, you know, there's, you know, the people that keep their head down and do their thing and rock and roll and, you know, there's success in these hills, man. That's what lures everybody to the gold rush, right? Right. You know, there's gold in them our hills,
0: you know? Yeah, but you gotta know how to mine it. Yeah,
1: exactly, you know, and one thing that I... I kind of go back and forth. I wish I had to grow more on my property over the years, but then I'm kind of glad I didn't. Man, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, hindsight's 2020. And, you know, I grew enough and it's good for me, you know what I mean? And I never get greedy. And that's a big thing. So,
0: yeah. If you had to choose a single favorite hash maker, which might be tough cuz you know a bunch of them. Who would that be? Single favorite? Man, I'd probably have to the pick Ozzy, man.
1: Yeah. Cuban is just—they uh, create a product and uh, good energy, and they just keep it 100. You know what I mean? He's probably my favorite hash maker. You know? Cool. But there's—it's hard, dude, because there's so many good ones. Full flavor, you know. He—he he comes to
0: mind. He's a solid dude, good soul. You were telling me about full flavor earlier, right? Yeah. yeah he was uh, one of the early people to—I don't remember what it was. It was—it was the frozen material but that was diesel
1: yeah 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 well he was pioneering all of it you know cobe's been pioneering that shit for a cool minute you know so there's very few people that have been making hash that long right yeah
0: yeah on the same kind of note a breeder that you respect
1: oh man a breeder that i respect probably bodie bodie's a fucking good dude you know what i mean? There was another dude that passed away, is, uh, Lawrence Ringo. Lawrence Ringo is a good dude.
0: Yeah. Was he the one who started uh, the Ringo's kid? Yep. Or, yeah. yeah.
1: And the, all the tsunamis and all that right. shit, sour tsunami.
0: Those are all high CBD. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He really pushed the CBD movement before anybody was doing that. Right. You know, he was one of the first dudes testing his weed and shit see if there's CBD in there. You know, fucking clipping the plants and taking them down and fucking tests and all right <laughs> fucking dude never had a line at his booth at all dead no business so the dude was like a fucking pioneer man that was like somebody yeah, that never got no credit for their shit you know what I mean It
0: sucked
1: It is a good guy man I like that guy
0: yeah it sounds like he was almost ahead of his time man.
1: big time Jimi Hendrix bro yeah he'd always come by man you're killing it over here Brandon <laughs> <laughs> oh man thanks bro you know
0: that's cool to have Nobody have out with people yeah. like that, you know? Um, if you could hear <clears throat> any other hash maker or anybody in the hash world on this show, who would it be?
1: Another hash maker. Huh. You got you ain't got cobes on there yet, full flavor? Not yet. Not yet. Full flavor? Yeah. Full flavor. You got Ozzy on there. How about uh resin? Poofer fish. No resin? I don't. No? no. Poofer. Yeah, poofer's cool. You got poo. You got Nicketee? Not yet, but Nick a Nick's cool. I, yeah, I definitely want to talk to Nick.
0: Frost Dingo. Old Frost Dingo. <laughs> That's somebody that you kind of have a relationship with somewhat yeah. or frosty, yeah. 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 Well cool. Brandon. Again, I'm really thankful for your time, man. I know you got to get going. Can you give people your information, social media they can yeah. follow? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, you can follow me. Touchdown, tap in at the Third Gen Family account, Third Gen Family Farms, Dying Breed Seeds on Instagram. Moonshine Melts on Instagram. We have the Ego Clash account on Instagram. I believe we have the Moonshine Melts page up right now on the .com. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah, moonshinemelts.com. So um, they can
0: find you in a yeah, you place. you can
1: Google me, man. You can Google Skittles, Sturgeon Family pops up. Google Moonshine Melts, Sturgeon Family pops up. You can Google whatever you want, man. Touchdown, yeah. All right, cool, Brandon. Yeah, thank um, you, brother. Yeah, thank you, man. Anything else There's you want seeds, to say? Seeds available at the Neptune. Neptune Seeds. Compassionate Heart Compound. You can find all our gear down there at Compassion in Ukiah, California. Yeah, you know, love to all my family and friends and, you know, blessings. I like to just keep it, keep it rocking, man. Keep moving. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks to everybody for listening and we'll catch you
0: next time. Peace out, guys. Thank you for listening to The Hashish Inn. If you like the podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review. Until next time.